Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 8. Here's Pastor Ryan. To whom we must give an account. That word cuts. It cuts the non-believer. It cuts us as believers. We look at it like, oh, I need to change. Oh, this is truth. The way I'm thinking isn't right. So I'm going to go with God's word. His truth is a sword. It cuts. It cuts deep. I think of uh, Stephen, the first martyr in the Bible, who uh, in... uh, Acts chapter 7, as you know, the, he was preaching the word to the Pharisees. And, and in, in Acts seven fifty four, it says, And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed at him with their teeth. The mob rushed him with one accord, and they murdered him, as you know. I mean, the mob just, just couldn't take it. They couldn't restrain themselves. They threw, tore him to shreds. Why? What it, was it personal? They didn't like the way Stephen looked? No, it wasn't personal at all. And it ain't personal for you and me. Don't take it personal. It's just if you stand for this, if you stand for him, you might face some repercussions. If you're willing to suffer with him now, you will be glorified with him later. The parable of the sower and how you know the the word of god is is um is um illustrated as in in seed being um sown and um in the explanation of it in matthew 13 jesus told the disciples in verse 20 through 21 he said but the but he who received the seed on stony places this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a while for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word immediately he stumbles and this these are those who hear the word of god and they're just like oh yes i'm heavy-hearted oh i need a savior i need help in my life i need jesus and they get all excited and they come to church for a little bit and they're they're stoked they're really happy but then but then when they're challenged about the word of god when the world hits them up about certain things they they leave because they're not willing to stand up to the world in upholding God's truth. They're afraid that they're going to be persecuted because of the word. And I only stand here to say this today because of what God's Holy Spirit does in our lives. I cannot preach to you without the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I would fold like everybody else. But through your prayers and our prayers for one another, we're going to hang in there until the Lord comes back for us. And we are the remnant of California. This crazy governor trying to start, just promote wickedness in our country. You're the remnant. I ain't going to Arizona. You go to Arizona. I'm not going to Arizona. You go to Texas. I ain't going to Texas. I'm staying right here where the fight is. 
I'm a Californian through and through. West side. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Especially to my police officer brothers that are in the in the house. <sighs> yeah, anyways. God knows the name of California. He knows Bethlehem. He knows Nazareth. He knows California. He knows we're here. We need to encourage each other to say, if they come after us or if anyone will hate on you, be cool. Jesus told the disciples, look, if they don't receive you, dust off your feet as a sign against them. He says, don't cast your pearls before a swine. Look, if they, if they don't receive you, pray for them and move on. There's somebody that will receive from you. But stick to the truth. And again, it cuts both ways. Like, I don't always like what God tells me to change about me. Right? It's like, it, cut, it, it, it touches everyone. But you know what? He's right. He's right. We want to see people get saved through our lives. We want to see God move with divine appointments in our lives. Like regularly. Where, where, where he can use you and I to touch people's lives regularly. If it ain't a regular thing, then something's irregular about us. And, and sometimes it's carnality, it's flesh. It's just not, not willing to cut here or there. There's nothing that I haven't given up that I regret giving up. My pleasure comes from the Lord. My peace comes from the Lord. There's other ways of suffering, and it's not just because of the word. Well, it is because of the word, but in different ways, I should say. It is always because of the word. I mean, yesterday, I mean, gosh, guys, we went to Carlsbad for a couple days to rest with the kids, the family. We went out there, and, um, and um, even on vacation, you have to put the armor of God on. If, especially if we're going to be those who stand for his word, we better be girded up and ready to fight. Amen. Every day. It doesn't matter on leisure, hobbies, at a restaurant, whatever. You, you have to be ready. Because if Satan knows that you're going to stand up for his truth, there is sufferings that are spiritual that manifest themselves. That you know, I mean, yesterday my entire family faced some sort of physical pain. In the morning, I had stomach pain so bad I went to urgent care. I heard my five-year-old Tavaya crying like in agonizing pain. He's five. He twisted his ankle like bad. A few moments later, uh, Olive, uh, same thing, her foot. She hit her foot. She starts crying. And then later on, Clarissa hurt herself in the garage. All of this, and it just came to mind that, man, God must be wanting, something's happening. Good. And it's not just a coincidence that we're all like crouched over in pain, the whole family. So we got together, stopped, and prayed. Said, Lord, cover us, bind the enemy in his lives because we suffer spiritually, especially when we take steps towards honoring his word or standing for his word that's where the spiritual warfare kicks up if you don't experience spiritual warfare then 
Examine yourself. Am I, am I not upholding his truth? Am I compromising an area? We should feel it. We're in a battle. We're in a war. So anyhow, that, there's other ways uh, where, where, we, where we feel um, that suffering. And so Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For creation was subjected to futility, not willing, but because of him who subjected it in hope. And so here, Paul lets us in on a very interesting fact, biblical fact of the condition of the world. That as man is fallen because of the original sin, right? Uh, the Lord warned Adam, the day you eat of the tree, you know, you shall surely die. And ever since then, man has been born spiritually dead and eventually dies. We all die. Amen. Man is fallen. But also with the falling of, of man, God also cursed creation. He subjected it to futility, as we just read, which means uh, vanity or vain. Or there, In other words, creation is in a constant state of um, strained expectation. Strained expectation. Uh, in Genesis chapter 3, he told Adam, because you have heeded uh, the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken uh, for dust you are and to dust you shall return and so creation itself is fallen and this is why we see that the whole world is messed up it's a beautiful uh, scientific study a biblical scientific study of the reality of why things are and having small children it's a blessing to be able to share with them about the various uh, fallen aspects of this world keeping it pg of course as much as possible because we know that this world is violent uh, 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 it, it, death is everywhere so of course but with kids and you know my son will ask me why are spiders venomous or why are snakes venomous and you know you can use that as an example for the fall we were in Mexico on the outreach last time and the kids were playing on the beach and I noticed that there was a dead seagull in the sand so I grabbed Jacob's son Jacob and I grabbed Tavaya and I go hey they were right near it and they didn't notice it just a dead seagull, right? That's terrible, first of all. But okay, I go, guys, let's bury this. So we, I got the little boys, and then we're burying it. And I said, see, it's a fallen world, mijo. So that, this is why this bird is no longer, because the world itself is in a fallen state. This is why in the world it's, you know, uh, it is just... Um, suffering with birth pangs. You think about the earthquakes, the hurricanes, the volcanic eruptions, the tsunamis, the fires, the flooding, the death, the pestilence, the starvation. 
I mean, all that nature itself, it, it shows us things die all the time. Death is everywhere if you care to observe it. And so it, is, it proves that the reality of Genesis and how legit God is concerning the reality of life, that this world is fallen. And creation is straining in expectation that one day it's going to be renewed. Just like one day we're going to get new bodies and these ones are going to be gone. We're going to have new bodies. Verse 20, or verse 19 says, For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. And so creation had no say in it. It was cursed. God did it, but he did it in hope. And I like to, I like spring, right? Because you see things, you know, die in the fall and be dormant in the winter. And then you see life spring up in the spring. It, it, it teaches us, yeah, there's death, but there's also resurrection. So nature itself tells us that it's expecting, it's straining, it's waiting for the day it's going to be redeemed. When the sons of God will be revealed. That means when we are redeemed, when Jesus comes uh, and, and makes things right, judges the world, he makes things right, entering in his thousand year reign, the millennial reign, this world is going to be regenerated and made alive, where the animals will no longer tear each other apart. And again, I was out in the water uh, this week surfing pelicans, beautiful. Oh, you get lost in the beauty of the sky, the waves, and all the beautiful things. But I also know, lurking in these waters are things that would be more than happy to devour me because we're in a fallen world. But nature is working its way, waiting for the day you get your new body. Because when you get your new body, they get their new body. Nature, creation, the curses. Through one man, the curse entered the world, through Adam. But through one man, Jesus broke the spiritual curse, and one day he's going to redeem the body. It says here that, uh, verse 22, For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs until now. Not only that, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope. All of creation groans, you know. I'm reminded every day when I take Tozer out to walk. Tozer is my dog, my woodle. I take him out, and every morning he'll, he'll yawn real big, and he'll stretch. And I look at him, and I'm like, man, are you tired? He's not even a year old. And he looks like he's ready for heaven. This is just too much work. <laughs> So even in his, his expressions, oh, oh, let's go for that walk. It's like, really? It teaches me that this is true. He's waiting too. We're all waiting. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with per perseverance. And so here, P 
Paul is saying that we were saved with this hope that one day you're going to get a new body, that we are going to have eternal life bodies one day. One day we're going to be able to live forever with the Lord in our new bodies. These bodies you cannot take with you. These tents will be dissolved and we'll receive a new body. And Paul asks the question, why would we hope for something we already have? Since I mentioned Tozer, I'll, I'll use him as an example. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm hoping for a dog named Tozer one day to be mine. I already have a dog named Tozer. I, there's no need for me to hope in that. We don't have our new bodies yet. We don't know what they're going to be, but we're going to be as he is, we're told. We're going to see him as he is, and we're going to be like him. We don't know, so there's an expectation, and, and we persevere because of that. So one day we're going to receive the body, and we hope in that. We hope in what we don't see. There are those who say eternal life is not now, but in the future. Since we're going to get a new body in the future, there are those who believe that eternal life is something in the future, it's later. We just read we're hoping for something that's going to come, so this means eternal life is not now, but later. Well, I believe that the, bother, bother, that the Bible says both. Both are true. We have eternal life now, but we're also going to have bodies into eternal life. Both are true biblically. Jesus said in John 5 verse 24, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Has everlasting life, not will have, has everlasting life. Not will pass from death to life. We already have passed from death to life. The Christian doesn't die because we believe in Jesus who is the resurrection and the life. And he said that though we, those who believe in him will not perish. We, won't die. we get new tents, new bodies, but we do not die. We do not lose consciousness of the Lord. When we die, we go from one body and to the next without losing consciousness of Jesus. We don't die. Jesus said in John 6, 47, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting, has everlasting life. So we have these bodies that are fallen, we have treasures in earthen vessels so that people get to see these bodies that used to be used for sin and worldliness and carnal things. Now they get to see it under the operation of the Holy Spirit where we're doing good with our eyes. We're doing good with our hands, with our feet. Our hands and feet are the feet of Jesus, our eyes. If your eye is good, the whole body will be good. So now they get to see, you know, that's Ryan from the old days. Same tattoos, that's got to be him. Same birthmarks, but he's different. Amen. He's not using his, his fist to hurt people anymore. The body belongs to Christ, even though it's in a fallen state. A.W. Tozer, not my dog, but the author, said, Now we have, as it were, the little diamond of eternal life set in our heart. And ahead, we shall dwell in mansions of diamonds. We have a little diamond. We have eternal life. And one day we're going to have mansions filled with diamonds. Something like that. That was a good 
to quote from Spurgeon. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.18, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Remember that the just uh, shall live by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You believe you're going to have an, you believe that you're heading towards eternal life and have it now? You do well. You search the scriptures in the morning and pray and seek him so that he can mold you and shape you to be more like Jesus. You do well. Next time we're together, we're going to read about how all things work together for good for those who are the called of God according to his purposes. Like all things, all the sufferings for standing up for his word, all the struggles in the spirit and the warfare, all of the, the, the drama and the pains and the sufferings of our body, all of that is working together for good, for our good. Why? So that we can be more like Jesus. After all, isn't that why we're living as Christians? To be more like Jesus? I mean, that is the ultimate goal. It isn't the American dream. It is, God's goal is that I'm more like Jesus. So whatever that takes, sign me up, Jesus. And it all works together for the good. Whatever trial it is, it may not be nice. It may be terrible when we go through it. But just know the end result of our lives is we're going to be more like God. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. We thank you for your word. One day, Jesus, we're going to be with you in the new Jerusalem. We're going to be with you in paradise, and that's, that's what you call it. There where the tree of life is, in the midst of the paradise of God, where you're going to wipe away all our tears and the sorrow and the pain and there'll be no more, no more death and you're going to make all things new. That's what you're doing. That's what, what's ahead for us, Lord, and we are so grateful. I pray for perseverance in all of us, that we would endure, that we would be strengthened by your Spirit to stand strong for your Word, to not be like a light placed in a basket under a bed, but out in the open for it to bring light to the whole house, Lord. Mold us to be more like you, Jesus, for your glory. We submit ourselves to you. We give you our hearts, Lord. Use us for your glory. Expand our influence and help us to do good and not evil. And while, Lord, all heads are down in prayer, if you're here this morning and God has spoken to your heart that you need to get right with God, I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask God to forgive you and to come into your heart. Just raise your hand and I'll lead you in a prayer to ask Jesus to forgive you. He loves you. He died for you. He said that if you confess him before men, he will confess you before the Father and the angels in heaven. But if you deny him before men, he will deny you. So is there anyone here who wants to get right with Jesus today? Today is the day of salvation. By giving him your heart, I can assure you that you will have eternal life through Christ. Is there anyone who needs to do that? Father, again, we thank you for our time and you bless our time of fellowship, Lord. 
and the rest of this day. May we meditate on the things we learned. May we love you above all loves, and may we love one another. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We are-